0: Buddy, So good to be here in the house with all of you. And I always want to say to everyone out there, hello, wherever you are watching from, however you're doing that, thank you uh, for, for bringing us in. We're just so glad that you're bringing us in uh, today, uh, wherever you are, glad you're joining us. And uh, I'm excited about today because uh, today we are kicking off Christmas and we're starting this with a brand new series that we're calling It's Beginning to Look a Lot Like Christmas. And so... I wanna, be, I wanna be one of the first, hopefully the first one to tell you this, maybe not, maybe I'm not the very first, but I wanna be one of the first to say this. So here you go, you ready? Happy Ninja Day. Happy Ninja Day, everybody. Did you know that? It's International Ninja Day today. Didn't know if you knew that, so hopefully I was the first one to tell you that. So get your nunchucks out, do whatever you want, just watch your neighbors there. You know, uh, Today is the International Ninja Day. I actually started looking up uh, holidays on December. I started looking up, did you know that there are, for every single day in December, there is a list of things that you could celebrate. Did you know that? It's crazy how many things you could celebrate. I actually started writing some of these down because some of them are actually pretty good ideas. I'm gonna celebrate a few of these. In fact, tomorrow, I'm gonna celebrate this. Some of you might. Tomorrow is actually National Put-On-Your-Own-Shoes Day. That's true. Now, it might not make sense to you, but if you're a parent with a kid under the age of nine years old, you're totally using that, right? I am not touching a shoe other than mine today. It's Put-On-Your-Shoes Day. So I don't even want to talk about it. Right? Like that. I'm using that tomorrow morning, everybody. No lie. Uh, Here's another one. A lot of you might like this one. December 13th is National Hot Cocoa Day. There you go. You can get your hot cocos out and uh, put all that stuff in there. Uh, And then I know that some of you are wondering, some of you already are bringing them in, but there is uh, an ugly Christmas sweater day. Did you know that? It is on December 17th. That's the day that you do that. Now, I think what we should do, uh, because the family ministry is already doing this with their PJs, on the 19th let's all like do that together let's bring in our ugly christmas sweaters on the 19th what do you say we'll do that Uh, there's a ton of different things you can celebrate in the month of december but here's what we know we don't really celebrate any of those like we celebrate Christmas, right? Uh, And I love that. I love how we celebrate Christmas. I love how we deck the halls and we celebrate Jesus's birth, man. God coming down in the flesh, the light coming to the darkness uh, and joy and peace and and love, all of that coming down, God taking on flesh for us. But but here's the funny thing as we get into this season with Christmas. Here's a funny thing, I don't know if you knew this, but Jesus actually never told us to celebrate his birth. He never told us to do that. You can't find anywhere where it says to Now you can see where he says, man, I want you to remember my death. Remember my death, mark it. As we take communion, that's what we do to remember his death. But there's nowhere in the Bible that tells us to make a big deal over his birth. And yet here we are and we do, right? We make a big deal out of that. We go all out and we do it. I think we do it because I think there is just something about it. And everybody, like there is this presence with Christmas uh, that just, that we have with so many people, so many people have with Christmas. It is by far in the United States, the most celebrated holiday that we have. Uh, In fact, I was looking up uh, just different things. I found a 2019 Gallup poll. uh, And the Gallup poll in 2019 still found this, is true that nine out of 10 Americans celebrate Christmas, nine out of 10. Uh, And and sometimes those polls have statements. I actually read across one of the statements in that poll and it just struck me kind of, I don't know, tickle me. I must've been in a different mood. But here's what it said. It said this, it said, now near universal observance of Christmas is seen across all gender, age, education, and income subgroups of Americans with more than nine and 10 uh, in each saying they celebrate. And here's what caught me. And even the holidays, also a unifying event for Republicans and Democrats. There it is, everybody. We found the magic thing. It's Christmas. Can I get an amen for that? Amen. Isn't that great? I love how they just took the time to say that. I just, I don't know, it me when I read it. Uh, why is that? Why is that? Why is Christmas something that, that is celebrated so much across all kinds of landscapes of people? Well, I, I think that there, there's just this presence. There's this presence that we all want. And, and it comes uh, around how Christmas is celebrated. It's captivating. It's, it, there's something about it. It's polarizing. Because I think for us, it's a joyful time. It's, it's a time of peace. It's a happy time. And listen to me, everybody wants a piece of that. Everyone wants a piece of that wherever they are with God. But... This may be everybody, this may be why sometimes for Christians, uh, followers of Jesus, why we may get caught up uh, in the things of Christmas and the stuff that surrounds Christmas and then kind of find ourselves uh, not really being where we wanna be with how we want to actually bring in the birth of Jesus and, and really make it about what's most important. But, but here, here's uh, what I'm gonna assume. I'm gonna assume this today uh, and over the next several weeks. Here's what I'm gonna assume. Uh, that I'm gonna take a guess that you're here, that you're watching right now on December 5th, right? You're here on December 5th. You're not here just on Christmas Eve, right? You're not one and done in this. You're not a priester or anything like that. Uh, and Because I don't think you do wanna miss this. Like that, that, that you're here because this is the most important thing and you don't wanna miss it and you wanna celebrate Jesus as best you can. And so that's what we're gonna do, man. I wanna help you as best as I can get you there. And so here's what we're gonna do. Over the next four weeks, we're going to look at the Christmas story, and we're going to look at this from the eyes of some characters uh, of the biblical account of the story of Jesus, our Savior, being born. And as we do that, uh, I hope for a few things to happen. One, is that uh, as we go through the, the actual Christmas story in the books uh, of Matthew and Luke especially, I just uh, that by itself, I think is gonna help you. It's gonna help you get grounded and get right to the meaning uh, of Christmas and the beauty of it. And two, uh, I'm hoping that this will just encourage you a little bit uh, and be helpful as we try to just cut through those distractions, right? The ones that we don't wanna uh, really rock our boats a little bit and get through some of those so that we can uh, really focus on Christmas Christmas uh the way that we want to do it okay and celebrate it right that's what we're gonna do sound good that's what we're gonna do over the next couple weeks okay so so that's what we're gonna do we're gonna start looking at these characters so let's get to the first two characters of Christmas and that is Herod And the wise men, that's who we're gonna look at today. So uh, we're gonna be reading out of Matthew chapter two. If you wanna grab your notes there and grab your Bibles or electronics, if you wanna follow along, uh, that's where we're gonna be for most of the morning in Matthew chapter two. So, So let's get to it as you're opening up there. Here's where we start in verse one. It says this, it says, Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea during the reign of King Herod. Now about that time, some wise men from Eastern lands arrived in Jerusalem asking, hey, where is the newborn King of the Jews? We saw his star as it rose and we have come to worship him. So here's where we are in the story. Jesus has already been born. He's already born. Now, some people believe at this point in time that he was around two years old, okay? he's around two years old. We don't really know this for sure. I'll show you why a lot of people believe that here later on uh, as we read, Uh, but we don't know that for certain. But what we do know is Jesus is here, that God came down, he humbled himself, took on flesh, and he's with us. And word is getting out to different groups of people. And and so now it enters uh, our first two characters. And so here's the first character. The first character uh, is King Herod. That's actually the bust of him. That's what he probably looked like. Uh, And now here's what we know about King Herod. He was the king of Israel uh, at that time. Now, he was not Jewish. Uh, he was a Roman citizen. Uh, he was appointed to be their king uh, at that time by, by the government. And so he was famous for a few things. He was actually famous uh, for being a really innovative builder. He was very brilliant with that stuff. So one of the things that he did for the first time was he opened up a lot of trade routes. He, he, he organized that. He, he made uh, some, some modern ports. And so that connected all these regions of trade and that was really innovative at the time. Uh, and then architects actually recently, I don't know how recent it was, but they actually found uh, the palace that he had built and it's still the largest palace in the entire world. Look, I don't know if you can get the, the, the scale of that thing, but it goes all the way down there uh, and it's, still, it's the largest palace in the world and he called it, get this, this is, I love this, he called it Herodium. So that gives you a little bit uh, to know about him. He named it after himself, all right? So so that's Herodium, the largest, it's pretty amazing if you look at it and and you can see that to this day. Uh, But he was not a good king, he was not a good king. He was controlling, uh, he was super paranoid about being overtaken. In fact, he was, uh, so he ruled with an iron fist and and he was so paranoid, catch this, on separate occasions, he had his wife killed, uh, then he had his mom killed, And he had two of his sons killed over just the thought of being overtaken, that he thought they were gonna take his throne. And so uh, that's Herod. So there you go. Next characters uh, are the wise men. So, so these are the next characters uh, that come into the scene of the wise men. Now, most of us know the Christmas story, right? We, we, we go to the nativity scene and, and, you, and you think about that nativity set. That's what I do when I think of the wise men. And so you see, you know, Mary and Joseph and you see baby Jesus and the angels are probably there. You see a shepherd or two and, and a lamb and, and then you also see three kings, right? You see these kings and so they're definitely there in the nativity set but uh, we don't really actually know how many there were. It doesn't really say how many. It could have been less. It could have been more. It's not really that important how many there were. Uh, but, but what we do know is that they were magi. They were Wise men. And, and that could have also meant a whole bunch of stuff that we're not really clear on it. So some people thought that they were magicians, some people thought they were astrologers, uh, some people thought they were actually kings, but uh, we don't really know that. But here's what we absolutely do know we do know that they weren't priests uh, and they weren't religious leaders, uh, and they came from the East. Like, that's what we do know about them. Now, uh, a lot of people believe that they came uh, from as far away from Persia, which is about modern day Iran, all the way to Bethlehem, which, which you know where Bethlehem is today. We'll, we'll see you here in a second. But people believe that they came from as far away from there because what they would have had access to from that far east uh, is the book of Daniel, because Daniel was actually a captive all the way back then uh, in Babylon in those days. And, and so these guys uh, probably would have access to his writings, the Daniel's writings and so what they would have known uh, was something in daniel 9 where he actually talked about the coming messiah the the where and the and the what and all that stuff so they they would have had the prophecy for a timeline uh, and what was going to happen with the birth of the messiah so with that people thought that they probably traveled here's the map about 900 miles away they traveled for 900 miles all that to say is that that was not a weekend journey. You know what I'm saying? Like that was a long, long trip. And again, we don't know this 100% for certain. I just thought that might be neat to look at to see how far they may have come from. But here's what we do know. They, they came from the East uh, and we know this for certain. We know at least why they came. They came for one thing. They came to worship, to worship Jesus, the King of the Jews. Okay, now, so that's where they came. They came to talk to the King and let's see how that hits Herod Probably not too good. Let's see, in verse three, says this. They, they asked King Herod that. And King Herod says, was deeply disturbed when he heard this, as was everyone in Jerusalem. And so he called a meeting of the leading priests and teachers of religious law. And he asked, hey, where is this Messiah supposed to be born? In Bethlehem in Judea, they said. All right, so so you know these guys come and they say, "Hey, listen, man, we heard about this. We heard about the king, the Messiah, God, God coming down. We heard that he was born. Do you, hey, do you happen to know where he is? You're the king of this land. I mean, you probably know everything, so you know where it is. And it says that Herod didn't know, and it says that he was deeply disturbed." That's Bible talk for he lost his junk, everybody. Like he was like, what? And because he was, again, he was so paranoid. He was so paranoid. Uh, remember, he killed his immediate family over just the threat of them taking this over. And so, man, he, so he's like, all right, that's it. So he calls these, the Jewish leaders. He calls the people of Israel and then the priests. And he goes, hey, do you, what do you know about this? Do you know anything about this? Uh, and they say, well, yeah, yeah, that's a legit, prophecy. Like we have that memorized. Like we know exactly what these guys are talking about. We believe in this, that there is a coming Messiah. Uh, He's going to come from God. He's going to take away the sins of the world. He's going to be born as a baby. He's going to be born in Bethlehem and he will be the King of Kings. And so man, paranoia sets in, man. So let's keep reading, drop down to verse seven here. And it says this, so then Herod called for a private meeting with the wise men. And he learned from them at the, the time when the star first appeared. And then he told them, okay, go to Bethlehem and search carefully for the child. And when you find him, come back and tell me so that I can go and worship him too. He, didn't, he, he ain't gonna wanna worship him. You know what I'm saying? Like he was lying. Like he was liar, liar, pants on fire. You know, he was like, he did not wanna worship Jesus. He wanted to kill him. He wanted to kill him, he wanted to snuff him out. And so he starts scheming, he starts putting a plan in place. And so uh, he brings these wise men in and he's like, hey, I can't wait to meet this baby, man. Oh my God, oh, this is great news, man. Hey, I'll tell you what, uh, you tell me what you know, and then I'll give you all kinds of provisions. And then I'm gonna send you ahead. You find him, and the second you find him, man, you tell me, cause I can't wait to meet this king, man. I can't wait, and you let me know. And he missed it, he missed it. He missed God coming down here on earth. He missed a glorious arrival of the king of the world of King Jesus that was predicted, that was confirmed, and that was right in front of everyone to clearly, clearly see. And so here's what I wanna do this morning. If you got your notes, go ahead and grab those out there. We're gonna look at a few things that we see, how some folks missed Christmas in this story. We're gonna see how, they, how it caused them to miss Christmas and see the big picture. So if you're taking notes, uh, we're gonna look at the very first one. This is how Herod missed Christmas. If you wanna write this down, how he missed Christmas, he missed it out of fear. Fear, fear is what caused Herod to miss Christmas. He was letting fear rule his life. I don't know if anybody knows anything about that, but that's not a great way to live, let fear control you. What was he afraid of? Well, he he was afraid of of being taken over, right? He was afraid of losing his throne. He didn't wanna give that up and he he would by any means necessary, right, keep his throne uh, even if it took killing his immediate family. And in fact, if you look down, at verse 12, if you look down at verse 12, uh, you'll read that after the wise men actually find Jesus, that uh, they got deterred by God, that the Holy Spirit came and and deterred them away from going back to Herod. They got this message like, we should not tell Herod this. And so they go away. uh, And then in verse 16, here's what it says. He found out about this and it says, Herod was furious when he realized that the wise men had outwitted him. And so he sent soldiers, listen to this, to kill all the boys in and around Bethlehem who were two years old and under, all of them to kill them. Based on the wise men's report of the star's first appearance, and so uh, uh, that—that's crazy. I mean, that is like paranoia. That, that's the lengths by which he would go through to make sure that he stayed on the throne, man. And so, so he wanted to stay in control. That was paranoia on steroids. And by the way, that right there is how uh, most people come to the, the, the conclusion that maybe Jesus was around two years old. That's like where they tie that in. They kind of infer that. Uh, anyway, just something good to know. Uh, so, so he was letting fear get the best of him. And and we don't have that kind of fear. I don't think that that's the kind of fear uh, that we have, but maybe for us, maybe for us, there's something else uh, there that could get in our way and maybe it's control. Maybe that's, that's what it is for us. Maybe we're afraid to give that up. Maybe we're afraid that, that if we really let God all the way in, man, we're going to have to give up some plans, right? We're going to have to give up some of those things if we really let God in. Because I think that's what was going on with Herod, like that this was messing up his plans. He wanted to be the king of Israel, uh, and it messed up his plans if there was somebody else coming that was the king of the Jews. And so that messed his plans up. I know a lot of people uh, don't want to get that close to God because of that, that they don't want to give up some of the control that they have. That can easily get in a way. That's how Herod missed it. Uh, So as I read though, I saw another group of people uh, and how they missed it. It was the priests, it was a priest. Here's how the priests missed it and they missed it out of familiarity. They missed it out of familiarity. And and I'm gonna be honest with you guys, the, the more I thought about this one as I read and read about these guys, these priests and religious leaders, the more it bothered me. Like it really, I had almost like, for real, I had to check my heart there for a second because I know that I'm susceptible to what I'm about to tell you as well. But it just really bothered me about these guys because man, he brought them in, these guys that should have known all of this. And he asked them, hey, do you know about this? And they said, yeah, like so nonchalantly. Like, yeah, 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 you know, like so matter of fact, they're like, we know that story. I mean, everyone knows that story. Like we got that memorized, man. Like everybody knows that prophecy. We knew that as kids. And, and here's the thing. Here's the thing that bothered me. Funny thing. Do you know how far away these guys were? How far away that these priests and religious leaders, the ones who knew every bit of this, who should have had eager anticipation of the coming Messiah. Do you know how far away they were from Bethlehem? Five miles. And do you know how many of the priests and religious leaders just went to check it out? Zero. Zero zero. And it just, the lack of curiosity just stuck out to me. This just stuck out to me. Here these guys are, these religious leaders, and they've been waiting, listen to me, for hundreds and hundreds of years for this very thing to happen. Here's what they knew, everybody. Like they knew the who, they knew the, the what, they knew the where, they knew the why, they knew all of the details. And when they heard this, they didn't even go five miles to check this out. The lack of curiosity. Stunning. And here's what, so here's what I think happened to these guys. Here's what I think happened. I think over the centuries, over the years, I think they, they were eagerly waiting for this and, and they were memorizing and waiting for the savior. And they, they got these religious activities. And I think, they were, I think it was good that they did that, right? They got these songs and they got these services and they got these you know, traditions going and they just kept adding and adding to that. But then when Jesus did come, I think they were just so concerned and bothered by the traditions that they totally missed God coming. They totally, that was why they were celebrating, but they totally missed the whole reason they were doing this stuff at all. And then yet you see these magi, like these non-priests, these non-religious people come from 900 miles away, so I'm they, They were the ones who came to find Jesus. And there's just something weird about that. You know, but maybe not. Maybe sometimes what is so clearly in front of us is sometimes the hardest thing to see, everybody. You know, and and it got me thinking about that. Maybe sometimes for us, what's right in front of us is is hard to see. Maybe we can relate to this just a little bit. I know uh, that that for me, like I I let familiarity get in on this, especially with the Christmas story. Anybody with me on that? Where it's kind of like, yeah, I know. Like I get the story. Like I know with the baby and the gifts and and, you know, and and the light and the dark. And and I'm just saying like, it's something to notice. It's something to notice, but that's what got in the way of these people who should have seen it coming. And so I don't know, man, it got me thinking. So what do we do, right? How do we put ourselves in a position to really not miss it, to, to put ourselves in a place that we wanna be, like where I wanna be where the wise men are. I don't know about you, like I thought about that. I'm like, I wanna be where they are. Well, we're gonna read a little bit about this and see how they position themselves Uh, to not miss it. Okay, so we're gonna go back up to verse nine. And so this is after Herod sent them off. We're just gonna read this a little bit and here's what it says in verse nine. It says, all right, after the interview, the wise men went their way and then the star that they had seen in the east guided them to Bethlehem and went ahead of them and stopped over the place where the child was. And when they saw the stars, my favorite line, they were filled with joy joy. Next verse says, and they entered the house, they saw the child with his mother, Mary, and they bowed down and they worshiped him. And then they opened their treasure chests and gave him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. All right. And so, man, like, I just think about this. They finally... Happened, man, they finally arrived. I could only imagine how this was. After all of that time, they've made it. And I love the first thing they were filled with was joy, right? They're like, oh man. And the very next thing is they just fell on their faces and they worshiped for a little bit. I love that. I love that they just worshiped God for a little bit and they gave him uh, three gifts. They gave him three gifts. They're very significant. They're kind of prophetic. Uh, and so they, they were very meaningful. So they were gifts uh, that signified faithfulness. Uh, the other signified joy and the other one signified a triumphant entry. Uh, so they all had kind of meaning with, with what they gave in the, in the gold frankincense and myrrh uh, and who Jesus was and who he would become. And here's what I want to tell you. These guys, this is what I got. They nailed it right like they nailed it man they got right after the meeting they they positioned themselves right uh to the way that i want to how did they do it how did they not miss it so three things three things that i just want to think about uh and how they position themselves not to miss it here's the first thing is that they stayed curious they stayed curious i love a few things about these guys Uh, one of the things i love about them is that they weren't like the priests. I love that. I don't know why, just they were ordinary guys. They were, they were ordinary guys. Maybe they, had, they, were, had, they were well off, but they weren't like these religious superstars. And I don't know. I just love that about them. They didn't have these spiritual skills that anybody else didn't have access to. They were just people who knew the story of God and they, just, they were curious enough about it to not let things fall in the way of familiarity. Just say, man, like, hey, well, there's something there. That's curious. Let's go after it. Let's see what it is. Let's check it out. They, Here's what it is, gang. They didn't shrug their shoulders at it. They didn't go, eh, I don't know, man. I'm not sure. They were probably, and here's the thing. This is what I love. They were ordinary. They, they were probably doing other things, right? They were living their life. They, they, had, they had things to go to, appointments and, and jobs and, and sports and all that stuff. They were doing all these activities, but they weren't so preoccupied with the present that when the supernatural God did come in the picture, they were like curious enough to go, oh, that's probably God. Uh, let's figure that out. Let's see what's going on. They didn't let the story die in the space of familiarity. They, they lived with God in a curious way. I love that. That's way I want to be. They lived with God in a curious way. Here's the second thing they did. They stayed curious and they also made time. They also made time. They made time. So so we know they traveled far enough away that it didn't take a weekend. You know what I mean? Like it took a long time and so it was a commitment, everybody. Like it was intentional. Uh, they, they weren't like, hey, you know what? Hey, listen, uh, if that's close enough, if that's close enough, hey, let's make a pit stop, get some jerky and see Jesus. Like that's not what it was. They were very, they're like, we gotta go and it doesn't matter. We're beelining for that and that's, that's, that's our, what we're gonna do. And, and I just thought about that. If it was 900 miles, if it was 900 miles, everybody, listen to me, that's a sacrifice. Listen to me, that's moving schedules around. That's saying no to some good things, to say yes to better things in their lives. And and I just, I don't know, and and to saying yes to what matters. You know what I found out in my life? God's always speaking, I know that. He's always talking to me, he's always talking. I'm telling you, man, I can hear him clearly when I just give him the time. When I just give him the time, man, there's a direction that I could go. So that's the second thing that sucked out to me. Here's a third one. They responded. They responded to the king. Man, I love how these guys worship Jesus. Like again, I couldn't imagine the elation of that. I couldn't imagine uh, after all those miles how great that worship was for a moment. I wish I was in that room for a minute, just to be part of that worship. I think uh, when when we think about worship, not yet, guys, we're way early. Go ahead, it's okay, bye. It's okay, it's okay. We got three more points after this. Okay. Pay no attention. All right, so... (laughs) But they responded to the king, and, and I think you know when we think about worship. I think when we think about we think about something specific, right? We think about something specific and singing songs. But man, I'm telling you, we know this. It's about way more than that. It's about way more than that. It's a response and it's express thing, and uh, it's done in different ways, right? Uh, but what we do know is that it is an expression, and and I think we get sometimes we get a little uncomfortable with that word express, right? We're like, oh, I don't know about uh, that express, but uh, but here's the thing: you don't need to change your personality in order to express worship to the king. You don't have to do that at all. You you don't have to be like me. You don't have to be like the person next. Do you, you gotta be like you. You gotta be like you, right? Like some of you, uh, if a corner of your mouth went up, that's a big deal. You know what I'm saying? Like, and if both, that's like, whoa. Like that's, and that's okay. That's okay. But I just wanna ask, man, like, when you think about that, where are you at with that? Like, how do you express to the king right now? This this is excessive worship to him. And I just want to challenge us a little bit in that. This is how these guys didn't miss Jesus. This is how they didn't miss uh, Jesus for Christmas. And so here's how I want to end with three things. I'm going to end with three things. (laughs) I feel so bad for them. They're, They're probably we'll clap really hard when they come out. All right. Three things, three things to do for us to not miss Christmas. And here's the first one. If you're taking notes, the first one is be curious, right? Be curious, You gotta stay curious with Christmas, man. Like, here's what I love about God. He could have given us like a ho-hum story, but he didn't. He could have given us a story easy to believe, but he didn't. Think about what he gave us, man. Here's what he gave us. I wrote some of these down. He gave us ancient prophecy, a virgin pregnancy, and almost annulled marriage. We'll get into that next week. Smelly shepherds, angels with lights coming out of everywhere, mysterious astrological following magician kings, donkeys, all kinds of stuff. You know what I'm saying? Like, He didn't have to do any of that, and and, and God coming as a baby. That's gotta pique your curiosity a little bit, everybody. You know what I'm saying? Like that could keep us out of the ho-hum of this. And, and it's just strange, man. You can't fully explain these. And that's the point. So there's plenty to be curious about with what God did. I thought about this, right? So, so here's what I wanna say. Don't, don't allow yourself to get into that rut of familiarity. Come on, everybody. There's plenty to be curious about, man. And, and don't let this, don't let this story get into the same category of folklore like any other story. This isn't any other story. This is the true story of God coming to us, amen? And so we stay curious about that. So I've been thinking about that. I was really challenged by this and I want, I want. I started praying, man. I was like, God, how, how do I stay curious? And, and man, it came to me this week as I was praying, um, Surprise, surprise, he answered my prayer. I really was praying, like, how do I stay curious? And so uh, it came to me this week. I was actually driving my kids to school. This is a true story. I didn't even see it coming. But we just started talking about all the lights that are around as we were driving to school. And I said, well, I was like, and we were just talking about it. And I said, well, the lights like sort of remind us of the light of, of God, Jesus coming down. And when it's dark, man, it just reminds us of the light uh, coming to the darkness. I'm telling you guys, there was something right there in that moment. If something fired me up. I don't know what it was. It just fired me up a little bit. And I said, yeah, yeah, you know, everything at Christmas has to do with Jesus. So I started making a list. I started talking to him about a few of these things and I was gonna write some of these down. Now, listen, Now, I think, I, I think people get a little bit out of shape with all the stuff that we do around Christmas here. I do, I think people are like, oh man, and they, you know, they say all this stuff done to honor Jesus and it's from pagan traditions and blah, 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 blah. blah. Well, listen, man, like it's staying here. And so here's what I decide: I'm gonna take it and honor God with it in the name of Jesus. You can do whatever you want. I'm gonna find everything I can to say, it has to do with Jesus, okay? So I'm gonna use it for his glory. And here's the thing, when you really do look into these things, you really can't point to Jesus with it. It's awesome, and so that's what I'm gonna do. It's not about the stuff, everybody about what you do with the stuff. You know what I'm saying? So I started thinking about it. I'm making a list of everything. So candy canes, right? I was like, hey, the red is his blood. And those striped, by those stripes, we are, we are made clean. And the white is, is his holiness and, and, the, and how we become pure because of Jesus. And upside down, it's a J for Jesus. Like I thought about that one, right? Gifts, gifts. Like we give gifts to remind us of the gift that Jesus is to us, that God gave us a gift. The Christmas tree, uh, the evergreen and all that stuff. But the triangle is the Trinity, right? Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, right? We celebrate on the 25th. You know why we celebrate on the 25th? Because that's actually when the days start to get longer. That's when the light comes in to the darkness, right? christmas cookies i haven't found that one yet but i will in the name of jesus right <laughs> i will bake cookies in the name of jesus and i'm gonna find if you know one let me know uh tell me what that is is—a circles or so i couldn't think of one all right so i don't know listen to me i don't know what that is to you i don't know what that means to you but you got to stay curious amen everybody stay curious about what's going on i don't want you to be in the rut of familiarity with this story you know why because that's lame it is it's the greatest story on earth and so we can't treat it like just any other story, man. And, and none of us want that. I already told you, I know that's why you're here on the 5th of December and not just on Christmas Eve. All right, so man, get some of that going. And get curious if you're not, find someone who is. Look around, if somebody's wearing a Christmas sweater, get around them, all right? Like they're probably got some stuff going on, all right? So if you, you get around them and uh, maybe it will rub off you a little bit, I don't know. But get curious. Here's the second one. Find time, find time, right? Block some time, get technology free, sit down, read the story, read a book, right? Read a devotional. Now listen to me, I know all you got a devotional because they, they went like hotcakes last Sunday. Uh, we didn't have any left. We usually have three weeks worth of books when we gave them out last Sunday. We gave them all out. Like it was almost 400 books and they were gone. So you got them. Find time to read them, all right? Don't like, where's your book right now? Okay, like where is it? Uh, find it, read it, get going on that, right? Do the family devotional. Man, th- I'm telling you what, that's my favorite thing to do with my kids. In fact, if there's some bags left and you don't got kids, get the family devotional. They're actually really great. They're amazing. Now wait this week, but if there's some left, uh, grab one. The family ministry does so well with those devotional. I'm telling you, they're great. Uh, here's the point, slow down, take some time. Don't rush this Christmas, believe it or not, believe it or not, you do have some control of some pockets of time every day, all right? Like, you're not that busy. Uh, I know you're awesome, but you're not that busy. You're not as busy as anybody else. You got that time, got time. Here's the third one. Give away, give away, give away. I say this every Christmas, uh, but it's just such a great thing. Like, just be generous. Like, find that thing to be generous about. Like, be extravagantly, yeah, 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 be generous. Yeah. I love that, that's great. Oh, you're clapping because of them, not me. (laughs) You guys are great. Don't focus uh, just on your family circle, man. Like go out there, go out in the community, bless somebody. And we say this every Christmas because why? Why do we just say be be extravagantly generous uh, Christmas? Because it points to the extravagant, unbelievable, amazing generosity of God to us. He didn't have to do it to us. We don't have to do it to them, but we will in the name of Jesus. So maybe it's a waitress. there. You, you tip them $100 for a $30 meal. I don't know. Uh, maybe it's somebody that you know at work. Maybe it's somebody who's on hard times and just bless them in the name of Jesus. And, and when, you, when you do that, when you, when you make yourself generous like that, uh, you really position yourself uh, to hear from God differently. I believe that. It gets you to the heart of God. And so, man, one thing to do, this, we haven't done this yet as a family, sit down and, and make a plan. Sit down and say, what are we gonna do to be generous this year, man? What are we gonna do? Um, So those are three things we could do. Those are three things we do. We're gonna gonna close this morning uh, with a song. And so as we kind of sit and take it in, uh, I challenge you to consider these things and consider what God's telling you. Uh, So let's pray. God, I do pray that we realize what's in front of us. I pray that we see the glory of this story of you coming down to us and, and that we just make some great decisions to celebrate you, that we think about these things and bring these into to our rhythm, bring these into Christmas. And I pray that we just get refreshed with who you are, what you did with the God-owned Christmas. And that we can allow these other things to not be distractions, but really usher in a greater, greater moment with you, our Savior. We love you and we pray for this in Jesus' name.
1: expectation long we prayed with anticipation. and anticipation suddenly there is a light in the darkness shining in bed
0: that you joined us this morning. Uh, Don't forget on your way out to grab those Ridge Kids devotionals uh, and then we have a Christmas calendar that just lets you know all that's going on around here. So have a great rest of your Sunday.
1: How you been? i good. How's the uh, how's baby life treating you? Getting big. You sleeping in it?